Welcome to the Three Creeks Church Podcast. We're a church in Gahanna, Ohio, that exists to help people find and follow God. We hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and helps you discover how much God really loves you. Well, Merry Christmas. My name is Joel, and I get to be the pastor here. And uh, many of you have heard me say this. I said it many times. I never wanted to do this. I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't dream about it or study for it. But God, in his kindness to me, has allowed me to do this for the last few years. And it's nights like tonight that I'm so grateful that God has allowed me to do this. So Three Creeks, I want you to hear me say that I just, I don't take it for granted and I love getting to be your pastor. And, you know, before I get into a little bit more of what I want to say, I just want to acknowledge experience that I think some people are having in the room tonight. Christmas is a magnifier. It makes things that are good seem great, and then it makes things that are difficult seem very, very difficult this time of year. On one hand, December is a magical month, but on the other hand, I just want to acknowledge that it can feel like a brutal month. Maybe for the first time, you're spending Christmas without somebody you love. Maybe your kids are outside of your home for the first time. Maybe financial or professional stress feels heavier this time of year. And I just want to acknowledge that experience. Maybe you are feeling sad or lonely or anxious. And I just, I just need you to hear me say, I'm so glad that you're here. And I want to pray for you. And so if you would be someone that would raise their hand, if, they, if I were to ask, hey, has this year been a hard one? If you were somebody who would say, yeah, this one's been rough. Everybody else seems excited, but I'm anything but. I just want to pray for you. And so would you let me do that right now? Would you pray with me? Father, I pray for peace. I pray for a peace that passes understanding that would calm any anxious heart in the room. I pray for provision. God, that you would provide all that we need in this season. I pray for healing. For anyone in the room who feels hurt, who feels worn down, who feels discouraged, I pray, God, that emotionally or physically or spiritually that you would heal them. And I pray for hope. I pray, God, that our hope would never be found in a different set of circumstances, but rather, God, that our hope would be found in the person of Jesus. And I pray that over these people in the room tonight. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Well, thanks for being here. I don't have too much to say. Just a couple things that the Lord put on my heart tonight. Uh, I have three kids that can barely contain themselves. They are seven, five, and three. My daughter Cooper is seven. My son Judah is five. My daughter Willow, I call her Dubs, she's three. And this is the year that they discovered what a Christmas list was. Cooper's in first grade, so now she can read a little bit and write a little bit. And man, that thing was pasted on my refrigerator on October 15th. And it's been growing ever since. 
Every time I walk by, it looks like there's something new added to the list. My daughter Cooper, she put at the top of her list, she wants a new pet. And I said, Cooper, you probably ought to pick another number one because that ain't happening this year. We have a pet. Bear's back, baby. We have a pet. Judah, he's a simple man. All he wants is a skateboard. Willow, if you know her, this won't surprise you. She wants an ice cream truck. Like, the whole thing. And I haven't been able to pull that off, so I hope she likes socks. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to track with the people that we love on what they want for Christmas, right? Shifting our focus a hair, let me just ask you kind of a funny but important question. Have you ever thought about what Jesus wants for Christmas this year? If we were to actually ask him, what would Jesus want for Christmas from us this year? And, and I thought, well, let's look at the story in Luke chapter 2, and let's consider some of the gifts that were given to him then. First, we have the wise men, and this might mess up your nativity scene, and I'm sorry, but it's likely that they actually ended up coming maybe a year and a half or two years after Jesus was born, but the gifts that they brought were initiated at his birth. They brought him frankincense and gold and myrrh. And if you think about it, that gold that they brought probably financed Joseph and Mary and Jesus' trip to Egypt that they needed to take to save Jesus' life. It's an important gift. The shepherds, well, they didn't have as much to offer in terms of material things, but they certainly offered their companionship and they, they went there, and they, they were with Mary and Joseph. They, they gave them the gift of belief. And then they're the ones that began to tell everybody that Jesus had been born. What about our man Joseph? What did Joseph give Jesus? Joseph, I imagine, cared for Mary as they traveled to Bethlehem. Maybe it was his calloused carpenter hands that delivered Jesus. I bet she changed the first diaper. The tar one, you know what I'm talking about? It's a gift that he gave to Jesus. Mary gave him the gift of her womb, a safe place to grow. And I'm sure that once Jesus was born, she gave him nourishment to help him to keep growing. It's just some of the gifts. What about the angels? What did the angels give to Jesus on the night that he was born? This is what it says in Luke 2. It says, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, that's the shepherds, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And a few verses later, this angel ends up having a few friends. It says, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of other angels, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on those Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And so the angels, they gave him worship. They filled the night with light and the air with music, and then they went back to heaven. That was the gift that the angels gave on the night Jesus was born. And I, as a practical person, I'm thinking, man, that's it? Mary could have used a room. How about a hot meal? How about a jogging stroller? Isn't that what every first-time mom wants for Christmas? Couldn't they have been a little bit more practical in the gift that they chose to give Jesus, but they just, they just worshipped him? But it's true that the angels at this point knew Jesus 
better than the wise men, better than the shepherds, better than Joseph, better than Mary. And the ones that loved him the most and knew him the best chose to give him the gift of worship. They did that night and they do so still. Heaven reverberates with the endless praise of angels. In fact, in the book of Revelation, it says that the angels are surrounding the throne of heaven. And it says that day and night, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. They gave him the gift of worship on the night Jesus was born. But then Jesus grew up. And when he was an older guy, maybe, in his, maybe 31 or 32, he had an interesting conversation with a woman by a well. Maybe you're familiar with this story. It's recorded in John chapter 4. And this woman is asking Jesus questions about God and spirituality. And one of the things that Jesus says as a 32-year-old or in that ballpark, he says, what God is looking for God is looking for people to imitate the angels and worship him. God is on the hunt for worshipers. And it's not because he has an ego problem. We're the ones with the ego problem. He doesn't need us to worship him so that he can hear how great he is. He wants us to worship him. He desires that because he knows what it does to our hearts when we do. So tonight, I want to make this invitation to imitate the angels and spend a few minutes giving Jesus worship, doing what they did on the night that he was born. And I, I want to invite you to do it in three specific ways. Three specific ways. The first one is I want to invite you. I'm going to say, let's worship him with our voices. David writes in Psalm 59, he's the worship leader of the Bible. He writes, you are my strength. I sing praise to you. You, God, are my fortress, my God on whom I can rely. We write songs and write melodies to just about everything that we love. And to prove my point, help me out here. Or the land of the free and the easy. You knew it. Hang on, Sloopy. You knew it. You love the Buckeyes. Like a good neighbor. You are from Ohio. We sing songs, we make melodies about everything that we love. So I want to invite you tonight to sing with our voices, and, and specifically, real quick, specifically to the moms and the dads. Our kids are just growing up fast, man, fast. They said it goes fast, and I agree. It's going fast. Question, if you're a mom or a dad, what would your kids say that you get the most excited about? I am all about enthusiasm. I'm enthusiastic about basically everything. I, too, cheer for the Buckeyes. I, too, was fired up, giving some fist bumps like this whenever I heard Nate Bargatze was coming to town a couple weeks. I got an inflatable hot tub a couple weeks ago, and I'm just, I can't stop talking about it. I'm all about enthusiasm. But for me, as a dad, I want to reserve my greatest enthusiasm for when I worship the King of Kings so that when my kids grow up, they cannot help but say, wow, my daddy loves Jesus the most. I want to worship him with my voice 
loud and expressively because I want my kids to know that he is worthy of worship. So moms and dads, I make that invitation tonight to worship him with your voices. Here's the second one. Let's worship him with our hands. David writes in Psalm 63, I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I lift up my hands. I get it too. I, I get that that might feel uncomfortable. If you didn't grow up in church, you're like, what is going on here? Why are these people doing this? Let, let me explain why I, as a person who follows Jesus, would lift my hands. There's three reasons why I do it. Number one, I lift my hands every time I celebrate. Every time I celebrate. And think for a second about all of the different ways that we use our hands to express emotion or express thought. Think about it. What do you do if somebody does a good job? What do you do if somebody sings a great song? What do you do when somebody comes in for a hug? What do you do when somebody scores a touchdown? What do you do when you're saying bye to somebody from far away? What do you do when you're meeting somebody new? What do you do when you get cut off in traffic? <laughs> Give them the angry fist. Come on, we're in church. We use our hands to express all kinds of emotion and thought. And so for me, this is an, this is an external display of what's happening on the inside of me. And so when I, when I remember that I'm celebrating that God sent Jesus, my sins are forgiven, and that my relationship with God can be restored, I can't help but at times remember that and put my hands in the air and go, I can't believe this that I get to do this. And then on the other hand, here's another reason why I put my hands up. I put my hands up when I need help. Like a little boy who runs to his dad when he skins his knee and puts his hands in the air and says, Daddy, I can relate to that because as an adult, I get hurt. I feel pain. And I need a little bit of care and comfort from time to time. And so sometimes when I'm in here and I sing a song, I just need to raise my hands and go, I need help right now. And so I put my hands up to express worship. And the third reason would be I, I put my hands up when I surrender, when I give up trying to do it on my own. That, that, that's, that's what being a Christian is. Being a Christian is surrender. It's essentially saying my will, my way, my plan I give it up, and I put it in the hands of God. I surrender to Him. I give up. I'm not going to stake my eternity on my performance. I'm going to stake it on His. And I know in a, in a room this size with this many people, especially on Christmas when some people are just coming in because somebody invited you, that there's a... There's some folks in here who have never surrendered. You've never put your hands up and say, I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. I'm going to give up control. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. And if, and if that's you, let me just, I just got two sentences to say to you. I would just encourage you that the greatest gift that you might give to somebody this Christmas would be to go to the person that invited you here tonight and say, hey, can you tell me more about that? Can you tell me more about what it looks like for you to follow Jesus? 
just give them that gift over the next couple days. And then here's the third one. Here's why I raise, or here's the third invitation. Let's worship him with one another. Paul wanted to help a bunch of Christians a long time ago. They were living in Ephesus. They didn't really know what church was supposed to look like. So they asked him. Paul wrote him a letter. He said, one of the, one of the things that you ought to do is you ought to speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. And in that verse, I want to emphasize the, the two one another part. This is so important. Worship can be and should be at times this, this private and personal solo thing. But it was never meant to be exclusively a private endeavor. It's a communal thing. It's a it's a thing that you're supposed to at times be able to look around. Because when I worship, when I'm in a room like this and I'm worshiping and I'm singing, it is good for my soul to look around and go, man, I'm not alone. I'm not the only person who believes in Jesus. I'm not the only person who needs some help. I'm not the only person who needs their sins forgiven. I am not alone. Think for a second about those angels in heaven. Maybe from time to time, they wander off and worship God on their own. I'll bet you they probably do. But it does say that they come together, that they surround the throne, that their voices go with one another. And they collectively, together, worship Jesus day and night. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. So tonight, my invitation to you is to remember that question. What would Jesus want for Christmas? I think that he wants our worship, our praise, our adoration. And the three ways that we can do that is we can sing with our voices. We can, we can express how we're feeling with our hands. And we can look around and go, we are not alone. Even as a kid, I remember hearing the Christmas story for the first time. Bane, by the way, who recited Luke 2 earlier, did that totally from memory, which I just thought that was amazing. When I, I remember hearing that story when I was his age. And I remember picturing in my mind what that sky would have looked like with all of those angels singing at the top of their lungs. Glory. I, it's hard to imagine them now without glow sticks. You know what I mean? Like they had to have I just think it would have been an awesome scene to see all these angels lighting up the sky, their wings or their hands, or I don't even know what they look like, like up high and in the air, singing at the top of their lungs. And I just imagine if we would picture that scene, how can we not want to imitate the angels and worship Jesus? And, and ultimately, this is why they were singing. They were singing because God had this rescue plan for forever. He had this rescue plan forever, and it was finally in motion. The key had been turned. The green light was on. Jesus was on the earth. Rescue plan initiated. He's going to come and get us. There's a chance for us again. Our sins can be forgiven again because Jesus, he's here. God is in the flesh. The rescue mission has been initiated, and so that's why they were singing and so I want to invite you right now. Guys, would you stand up? We're going to sing some songs together. Would you stand? Would you join the choir? Would you join the band? Would you join me in imitating the angels, in giving God all of the worship that he deserves with our voices, with our hands, and with one another? God, we are going to give you this time. 
we want to give you worship. We believe that's at the top of your list. And so this Christmas, we're going to sing. We're going to use our hands and we're going to look around and be reminded that we're not alone. The rescue mission was initiated and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Three Creeks Church Podcast. To find out more about our church, to give online, or to attend a service, visit threecreekschurch.com. Thank you.